You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the two weeks to opening day edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son, and for the next couple months, downtown Chicago correspondent Will, who is sporting a mustache for a role I cannot pronounce in the cherry orchard at Goodman. Uh, and uh, we have things going on, I guess. The big thing, really, in in Baseball right now is is the WBC, the World Baseball uh, uh, Classic. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> I'm going for console. I said it's not console. It's okay. Console. You're the geezer. You're the geezer. <laughs> Sox guys, uh, a little bit of a mixed bag. The U.S. lost to Mexico. We're recording Monday morning, the 13th. U.S. got absolutely clobbered by Mexico on Sunday. But Tim playing his first game for the U.S. was the star, as much as you can be a star in a losing effort. Uh, single, a double, single to right, typical Tim Anderson. Then with the bases loaded, a double driving in a couple runs. So he had a, a very nice start. In uh, that one, uh, Kendall Graveman pitched one batter. One batter, uh, which I, I have uh, read about that game uh, quite a bit since because I was shocked, actually, at that loss. It was pretty ugly. Um, and the, the main conversation around it is the, the holding pitchers to pitch counts and the rules that the, I guess aren't rules, but the requests by the major league ball clubs on how to use the pitchers. Uh, they do not want any relievers apparently, and you may know this, but I'm, I'm saying this to the listeners. Um, they don't want relievers to finish an inning and then start another inning. 
So there was a lot, there's been a lot of bringing in a guy to get one out, uh, or, or the old fashioned way. Devin Williams case, uh, to get one batter to the end of the inning, but then that pitcher's done and it's caused them to have to leave in struggling pitchers longer, uh, which is something that happened yesterday, of course. And they kind of got beat up in situations where the manager felt like he couldn't change pitchers in that moment to honor. And of course, all of the teams are dealing with this exact thing, but with the U.S. team being all Major League Baseball players, uh, they certainly are. I'm sure the Dominican team is is feeling this as well, since they're so so uh, MLB oriented as well. But yes, so that is that does explain a little bit. I would also argue that a six-two win over Great Britain is not something we <laughs> no. should necessarily think was a masterful achievement. Uh, no, I did. They're, they're struggling. Uh, I Lance did watch Lynn a little bit. Yeah, incidentally, I did watch a little bit of the Great Britain game, and it is unfair that Great Britain gets to use those wide, flat bats. I think it's just <laughs> easier to put the ball in play with those. But, but our pitchers get to bounce it in, so that's, they that's sure do, which, which they have not figured out yet. But yes, no Lance Lynn at all yet, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I told you, while we're on the pitcher length thing, uh, looking at uh, box scores, really of almost all the games, I didn't see any pitcher go more than about three innings. And yeah, you know, normally if you were doing this in the middle of the summer or some, and it, it was its own world. You'd have guys who are going seven innings because a lot of these countries only have one or two pitchers, really. Uh, but most of them were the really good pitchers and starting pitchers playing in the U.S. or in Japan or in Korea. And all of those are in spring training right now. So none of them want their guys overworked. They want everybody still ramping up as if they were back in spring training in their respective countries. So they're Pitchers aren't aren't going very long. Any of them. Meanwhile, I think other, uh, other... I think Shohei threw five, but Shohei probably only threw forty pitches in five innings. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's tough to put Lance Lynn out there if there's a pitch count uh, limit because it's but like, there's, oh, but well, there's no shot. There's there's no there's no pitch clock. So yeah, he could take I, an hour. I just mean, you know, if you if you want to put Lance Lynn out there and he's at a pitch limit of eighty or sixty, you're talking about two thirds of an inning. Uh, that's, that's going to be really tough. I'm exaggerating, of course, but we know if you have ever listened to this podcast ever, you know how I feel about White Sox pitch counts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, both of us. Uh, let's see who else. Jose Ruiz has not played. Eloy has not played. Dominican Republic, we're recording about the time that the uh, Dominican Republic is starting its second game. So he may, he may be in that. We don't know. Uh, both Luis Robert and Juan Moncada have played every game for Cuba. They hit terribly the first two games. So both of them have been hitting poorly in spring training, too. Uh, then in the next two games, they just lit it up. Uh, I should say Juan had an incredible catch in, in one of those games. But in and also, also offensively in that last game, Moncada looked incredible. The question is, does it mean they've ramped up and they're ready now? Or does it mean they were in a division where nobody other than Cuba has more than about two pitchers? So they they were, you know, it was the equivalent of throwing position players in those last two games. Those, those teams were just out of, out of pitchers. So 
For sure. But there's an, al- there's an alternate world where Luis and Yoan face those guys and go 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. <laughs> so I'm, I actually am really encouraged by, um, you know, there's something interesting about the World Baseball Classic versus regular spring training, which is if you go out in regular spring training and you go three for four with a walk and a bunch of RBIs, it's a good day for sure. No doubt about it. But it's kind of just a day in spring training. You, you, a lot of guys are going to have a three for four day in spring training. You're facing some single A, double A, triple A pitchers. Um, when you're on the big stage of the World Baseball Classic, a three for four day comes with a lot more pressure than it does when you already know you're making a big league roster. Um, they these teams really want to win the World Baseball Classic. They really do. They wouldn't be playing in it if they didn't want to be a part of this. So I'm even more encouraged by them sort of breaking out of their shell in the Classic. I, I think a, a three for four day in the World Baseball Classic, even if it's against lesser pitchers uh, or or slightly lesser or even greatly lesser, I'm I'm very encouraged by that because these are not as low of stakes as a regular spring training game is for these stars. And to see them come out swinging the bat, being aggressive, uh, was really encouraging. They were a lot more aggressive at the plate than they were in the previous two games. And I, I think some sleeping bats for the White Sox could be in the process of a very vibrant wake-up through this Classic. If people stay healthy, I think it's a great thing that some of these guys are playing on such a big stage. Healthy, healthy has been incredible for the White Sox so far and everything. Oh, I, should mention. I can't believe you said it. I can't that every other team it. has these guys falling by the wayside, other than Aaron oh. Bumpurant apparently was a kind of minor thing. Uh, he's supposed to be back uh, soon. Uh, it's, it's been kind of fortunate. Um, oh, I, can to picture, the, I can picture Eli running into a brick wall somehow right now. Yeah. I can just picture it. The division cube is well, fascinating. That group A, I think, uh, all five teams, two and two. Yeah. <laughs> all the breakers. That's incredible. You expected Cuba to run away with that, go four and oh. Uh, but yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I, I mean, that's certainly the group to watch at this point, uh, in terms of this first round of, of, I have no clue who's going to come out of that group. But it no, is. it is. It's cute. That's done. They're done. It's Cuba. Oh, they're Italy. done. Oh, Cuba I thought, they, Italy I thought on, they had to play on, today. Uh, Apparently, no, apparently a, uh, sorry, kind of convoluted tiebreaker, but they, they both also had the best, uh, uh, run differential. So, uh, no, those are the two from there. They're, they're finished. Uh, Japan is guaranteed in and everybody else is, is still playing, although some are a little more than others. Japan at this current moment looks like the team to beat. I mean, Japan has looked really, really good. And, and of course we know Japan has great baseball players, but, Putting Shohei out there is huge. It's huge. The guy's <laughs> the guy's a superstar. He's a winner. He's got a great attitude. You, Japan's got to be incredibly excited to have him there. Uh, I think he's, from what I've read, he's inspiring a lot of these guys to kind of rise up and even play above their level because this is your one chance you're going to play with Shohei again. Uh, it's it's very cool to see Japan playing as well as they are in this. Um, the U.S. I think should be a little nervous. I, they're they're not looking nearly as strong as they were expected to look, uh, especially in a, a fairly weak 
uh, group stage. Yeah, yeah. They, and... they seem to have been given their, their division. Yeah. Sitting one and one is not exactly desperation, but uh, yeah. But it's, it's not <laughs> it's, two and oh, though. And when you're talking about. I, I must say I was surprised games. in the Mexico game of how many, because you, you think these days of Hispanic players, you think overwhelmingly Dominican, Venezuelan, Puerto Rican, little mix of others. You kind of forget how many good Mexican players there are. I mean, Randy Rosarena. And he's of just, course. of course. <laughs> Incredible. And I actually ignorantly didn't realize until this tournament that uh, Rosarena is from Mexico. And no, I didn't either. I mean, having that guy at the top of your order automatically makes you a more competitive team. And yeah, there are a lot of great Mexican baseball players in Major League Baseball right now that people are, we're kind of sleeping on the Mexico team a little bit. And I think they're, a, I don't think they're a contender for the long haul just because they don't have the pitching that a lot of these other teams have. But uh, there's certainly a threat to, to knock out, you know, some, some people in this group stage and move on. So it's exciting. I, I always think like, oh, the World Baseball Classic, it's going to mess up spring training. I'm not even going to be into it. And then it starts and you're just like, oh man, baseball at this, at this stage, seeing all these different countries go at it is really, really exciting. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Meanwhile, there is spring training that the, the White Sox made a bunch of cuts on Sunday. Some might surprise Carlos Perez, who I thought was kind of lining up as the number three catcher was uh, sent to Charlotte, yet they still have four catchers around. I don't even know who they are. Lenin Sosa already sent back to Charlotte, even though they have 12 infielders around. Uh, uh, Brian uh, Ramos, who was in some charts the number one prospect for the Sox, even ahead of Colson Montgomery, sent down to Birmingham, along with Jose Rodriguez. And then uh, five others just went to minor league camp. But one that comes up to mind on that one is Yuelke Cespedes. Boy, there's a guy whose star has just tumbled out of the sky. Yes. And it was, boy, this, he's going to be a superstar like, like his, I guess his half brother was. Uh, and just, just petered out. Well, we mentioned this last week on the podcast, and I think there's actually still a lot of uh, merit to it, which you, you brought up is that some of these guys are going to get sent to other camps just to get every inning, every day reps at their position. Uh, as you said, with the with Lenin Sosa, and we have twelve infielders out there still. Uh, Lenin Sosa isn't necessarily going to get all that much time uh, if he stays up through the rest of the month because they got to focus on the guys they know are going to be playing Major League Baseball or they think could be playing Major League Baseball on opening day. So you send guys like Montgomery, you send guys like Sosa down, so that they're getting everyday reps they're probably playing most games maybe around nine innings uh at, at those levels so i don't think it's a sign necessarily that these guys they don't have faith these guys are going to play major league baseball this year i think it's more of a sign of let's get these younger guys who really need a lot of time um at this level let's give them these these 10 extra games uh, before the season starts to to get them more reps, get them into shape, get them feeling better. And then we will look at where they are a little later in the year. Um, so I don't think it's it's these guys are doing so badly they're going down. I think it's let's get them more at their comfort level. They're going to progress better uh, playing every day against 
double A, triple A than they would playing these last two weeks of major league spring training in which you are going to see a lot more uh, major league pitchers. You're going to see a lot more major league players on the field than we would have these previous two weeks, which is except a lot. Except for the of, ones at the WBC. Except for the ones at the WBC, which throws a, a bit of a wrench into it. But with the White Sox who have uh, a plethora of bodies, <laughs> I, I, I can't really say that a lot of them are much more than bodies at this point, uh, but they have a lot of them. So, um, you know, trust the process is not what they say. Trust the process. Sure. So, but that, that being said, in total agreement about Cespedes, who still very young, so could, could become something else, could become better. But at this time, the, the star is slowly falling towards Earth. They're, they're writing the Hollywood script about the uh, Cespedes star that's slowly falling. Um, but yeah, so, so we'll see what happens with, with those guys when we get into the season. But I'm actually glad they're down in the minors right now getting some more work in instead of forcing him up after what we did with Andrew Vaughn, sort of forcing him into major league baseball, making him play positions. He doesn't know how to play. I'm all about this. Like, no, let's, <laughs> let's take a step back. Let's, let's let these guys. Um, but we are at our break point. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about some of these guys who have been uh, excelling, including a lot of good we're seeing from a particular right field candidate for the Chicago White Sox. So uh, stay with us, and we will be right back on Sharing Socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We talked about the rest of the world and what they're doing with baseball in the first half. Let's talk a bit more about what's going on in sunny Arizona or rainy Arizona. I actually have no idea. You didn't. Uh, you of course don't get to watch any games during the day because you're in rehearsal. Uh, I and I wish there were more on on TV because we we get MLB TV once the season starts, but we don't get into spring training for free. But so <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm not paying. But uh, at any rate, I, I watch Sunday's game. And uh, yes, the, for for sure, Oscar Colas, another wham bam and just line shot home run. He's he's still perhaps a little rough on things like fielding and base running. And I think it's the same thing that happened to Nick Madrigal, that it's suddenly the speed is so much more and you have to you have to ramp up and get adjusted to that. He's not there. But his hitting's there. And I, I was one of those people saying, oh, he's only had 31 at-bats in AAA. You can't start him. I take it back. Wrong, wrong. You, you got to start him from, from day one. It's, you have to now. Yeah, it's very it's very possible that as happens to all rookies, including very good rookies, that after the league has had a month or six weeks to figure out what he is good or bad at hitting, uh, that he may take a dip. You know, he may start out on fire and then take a big dip. It, that's very common for rookies, and 
probably something to be expected. Maybe he overcomes it. But yeah, he looked good. Also on Sunday, Michael Kopech looked very sharp. I think 40 pitches for three innings, very on White Sox. Yep. Uh, just ramming the strike zone. Now, that was against the Angels, and the Angels were playing. <laughs> the Angels almost have nobody. <laughs> almost, almost no major leaguers, and certainly Otani and Trout, they're all playing for, for their various uh, country teams. Uh, so he was really facing minor leaguers, but still he was pounding the strike zone and, uh, really looked like he was overpowering everybody. So that was a really good sign for a guy who has been hurt often and, and was hurt at the end of last year and was kind it was, of held back. I, I did go back and I was able to watch some of his stuff and I, you know, I don't want to praise anything too much at this point because it just makes me think an injury is going to come, but, uh, he looked great. He he looked great. And, yes, he wasn't facing the kind of guys he's going to face come April. But he handled the guys he should have handled as well as he should have handled them. And yeah, I mean, there were a few major leaguers in there. And, for uh, sure. Yeah. And he just, you know, take take away the level of the competition. His, his command was very good. It, the breaking stuff was working. He was pitching with confidence, which makes me think he's feeling the best he's felt. Uh, his his arm is feeling healthy at this point, which is a, a huge thing for a guy like Kopech. Kopech is, in a lot of ways, I think, going to be sort of a make-or-break thing for the White Sox this season. If Kopech can pitch as well, we know Michael Kopech has some of the best raw stuff in all of Major League Baseball. The guy has talent it's all about injury it's all about injury it's all about stamina fatigue and if Michael Kopech is as good as Michael Kopech can be which I believe is as good as a number one starter then we we become a serious contender even if we don't get a full bounce back from Giolito don't get a full bounce back from Lynn Giolito can do a half bounce back. Lynn can do a half bounce back. Because if we've got Cease, who did give up 11 runs and two-thirds of any, but we will, we will ignore that. Uh, we, you know, pending what pitch clock things do to Dylan Cease and his delivery, I think let's still sit here at this moment and assume Dylan Cease good. Uh, if Michael Kopech can pitch at the level consistently that we know he can based on his talent, you're talking about having two number one starters in the AL Central. That makes you a lot harder. I mean, we've seen Cle- Cleveland do stuff like this before, where they, even if the bats aren't going at the rate they should be going, if, if you've got a couple starters who are ones, then it doesn't really matter if your other three are, are four, four to five quality. Um, cause you don't need to win every game in major league baseball. You just need to win more than, than the other guys in our stinko division and Kopech. Now hold it. Hold it. I'm going to stop you right there. Cause I said stinko division. Stinko division includes the 14 and two Kansas city Royals. If they maintain that, yes, we don't put a lot of faith in spring training, but if they maintain that pace, they won 141, 142 games this year. It's I'm going to be honest. That. I'm going to be honest. You should place that bet. This is not official gambling <laughs> advice. I do not gamble. I wouldn't do it myself. But if anybody's going to give you the Royals 
over uh, an over bet at 139 wins, it's looking like you should take the over. It's looking <laughs> like you should take the over. I'll tell you this. We, I've, you know, I've been around for 36 spring trainings. I've been consciously aware of 20-something of them. And I will say, if there is one thing that tells me you might not be good, it's being 14-2 and two in spring training. <laughs> that number is so goofy for spring training. It just tells me something's wrong. And they, something's they don't weird. even have Bobby Witt. He's, he's playing at the WBC. <laughs> and they don't have Bobby Witt. And they also don't have five more guys I could name right now. <laughs> They uh, and and uh, Salvi Salvi's in the WPC. I mean, they... <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's absolutely bonkers to be fourteen and two ever in spring training, but particularly when you're at the Kansas City Royals in 2023. Now we can laugh all we want about this. The Kansas City Royals are clearly better at baseball when they're playing the Chicago White Sox, uh, but let's hope that that's not the case. I don't realistically see 140 wins coming from the Royals this year. I think it's way more likely they're going to end up in the 120 to 125 range. Hey, well, if you're going to be a pessimist for them, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, know, I know your wife grew up a Royals fan, so you don't want to badmouth them like that too much. Hey, if, if the Royals I'll, – I'll tell you this right now. If the Royals go out there in the season and they look like they're going to win 140 games, this will now be called – you know, sharing crowns and we will be doing a Royals podcast to, to be able to comment on the greatest season in the history of all professional sports. And if that's, what's going to take for the White Sox to not make the playoffs, let's go Kansas city. Let's go. Give me 140 wins, baby. I want it. That means Zach Granke is going to be what, you know, 42 and seven or something. That's no, a... no, no seven. What loss? He's not going to have any losses. <laughs> That's true. You can't have seven losses if you're the ace and your team has 140 wins. That math doesn't add up at all. You're right. Good catch. Good catch, teaser. <laughs> Meanwhile, let's see how uh, other people are uh, well, on the pitching side. You've gone through that, except for the men who we will not mention. Who had a very mediocre day on Saturday for his first start, two earned runs in uh, two and two thirds, just kind of eh, not bad, not good. One thing we talk about when the rotation comes, and probably get this before opening day. The Sox start out with four days in Houston, which there's no possibility of a rain out or snow out there. Uh, and Game Five is home opener. They cannot pitch. He who cannot be mentioned. For the home open, unless they are infinitely more tone deaf than we already know they are. So I think Kopech may end up as the, not as number five in quality, but as far as the rotation goes, the fifth guy to go out. So Kopech has opening day. You know, I love that. Uh, one, because I don't want jerk, think jerk face to have opening day, which I think even the White Sox. Boy, I cannot believe I'm putting this much faith in them at this point. But I think even the White Sox are smart enough not to throw him on opening day. Moving Kopech into opening day, who is a fan favorite. People love, fans love Michael Kopech. That's a great decision. I hope your gut to do that is their gut as well. Because uh, that's that's exciting. The other thing that's exciting about that is for a while depending on how the schedule works out, you've got Kopech facing the fifth starter 
of other major league teams, which if Michael Kopech is as good as we mentioned earlier on the podcast, he might be, then holy cow, that is a Giants position to find yourself. The Giants uh, lost some guy named Rodon, so they're, they're not even good at the, the top of their rotation. Meanwhile, Rodon, other... who I, I believe Rodon is, is hurt already as well, isn't he? Apparently I it's he... minor. Apparently okay. it's a very small thing. Forearm uh, tightness, though. You don't like to hear that. You do yeah. not like to hear that. But, but they're they're saying it, it's it's just precaution. That, that well, let's right. hope, because even though he's on the Yankees, I still love Carlos Rodon. Oh, I, I do, too. Absolutely. I hope the Yankees lose every game that he's not pitching, but uh, that he gets. Now, that would be amazing. If the Royals <laughs> go one, win 140 and the, and, Yankees, and the, and the Yankees lose 140, that would, that, oh, that would be really good. Honestly, um, I, I'd, okay. be, I'd stop with baseball after that. That's too perfect. We talked that about Oscar, Oscar Colos already. He's hitting 400 with a 633 uh, slugging percentage. He's doing great. Uh, others who are doing extremely well, Jake Berger on power. I don't know what they're going to do with Berger. I think he has to go to Charlotte. He has I, to go I, to Charlotte. I, 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 he's got no position to play. And unless Yohan comes out. Here's what I'll say about that. The Royals are 14-2. and two. And Jake Berger is having an amazing power spring training. One of these things is definitely a lie. Two of these things are definitely a lie. So I, I like seeing progress from Berger, but I don't think there's any way Jake Berger should be on the major league. He's not roster. hitting nearly as well as Hanser Alberto, who's still hitting 471, topped only by Eloy, who's hitting 500. Uh, yeah, Elvis Andrews hitting yeah. extremely well, which is a great sign. Andrew Benatente hitting extremely badly, which is not. Romy Gonzalez, who they keep trying to apparently insist this should be on the team and being the utility guy, is hitting 059. I know it's spring, but Romy's shown before he can't hit. So he's, he's playing his way off. He's currently, I like Romy as a, a guy. He seems like a great guy. He is currently playing his way off the major league ros- roster because what do you do? What do you do two weeks from now when you've got Romy hitting 50 and you've got Hanser Alberto hitting 600? I mean, how, how do you put Alberto not in that I don't roster? know that Alberto could play shortstop, which is, is, is kind of a problem because the other backup guy, Sosa, because he's got sent down, but also was hitting nothing. He's hitting 133. Uh, Lyuri finally is having a bad spring even. He's down in the 100s. Uh, the a lot of the analysis of, of the White Sox goes, yeah, they got the best starting lineup in the division, but they got no depth. Well, that's they got no depth. Still a problem. I Billy mean, Hamilton's not hitting. No Jake Marisnik, Billy's hitting nothing. Much as I love him, I'd love to be on the team. He's hitting nothing. Jake Marisnik is is doing very badly. It, it looks uh, even Reyes, who started off doing well, is not doing well as more major league pitchers come in. Uh, the depth is. Horrendous. Just the depth horrendous. for the White Sox is like watching a 2023 Laker game when LeBron and AD are both resting or injured. I mean, then it's just five guys I've never even seen or heard of. And the White Sox depth is about as good as that. We do have an, if everybody's playing to their capabilities, we have an unbelievable starting lineup. It is, if I were a starting pitcher, I would be terrified to face the White Sox starting lineup at the plate. It, it is really solid. But injuries, if injuries become a thing like they have in the past, we are in a worse position 
than we have been in. I mean, and, these, and I think you absolutely, you know, it's, it's not like just, well, they had injuries last year. Yeah, they did. But, you know, Tim's only played, uh, last time Tim played more than 123 games was 2018. Wow. Luis has played half the games of the last two years. You know, Aloy, we know. I mean, he's just, just don't give him a chance to run into any walls. Uh, and, and, and he's capable of straining a hammy and stuff too. These guys are just prone in that direction. Hope the new trainers, I, you know, much as we slammed the White Sox trainers in the past, they can't have been that bad. They really can't. They, they, they went, they went to the same schools as the other trainers. They took the same classes. They watched the same videos. They read the same books. They go to the same seminars. They have to have had the same knowledge. Maybe a step below, you know, guys are more observant and whatnot, but they can't have been that horrible. Yeah. I'm not willing to put this on the training staff. Uh, I know I've sort of in the past said we, we must have the worst trainers, but here's what it comes down to. It comes down to who is running that clubhouse and that is what will get guys to do the work they need to do to stay healthy. Guys who are enjoying the game and enjoying the environment, those injuries are powered through a bit more when you are dealing with a, a team that you want to help and you want to support. And I think that is where Pedro Griffal comes into play and will be a game changer. You know, these, these trainers are great. They're obviously very skilled. But a lot of it falls on the player. And if a player is not motivated, and I, if there is a word to describe the White Sox of last season, it's well hyphenated, so I can still sound like it was one word. Not motivated is is the number one thing we saw from these guys. I, I and, like disinterested, and it's the same, same, same idea. It, if if these guys are going out there thinking, "Oh my God, I have to play baseball again today." Well, you're not going to warm up the way you should. You're not going to stretch the way you should, even at a professional level. These are these are mental things. It's a grueling game. It's a grueling contract. Yes, they're getting paid lots of money, but it is a mental game. And that mental game completely translates to it being a physical game. And if you do not have guys who love their leadership and are committed to their leadership, those things fall by the wayside. And I do think that adds to injuries. I do think that adds to guys resting more, even when they don't necessarily need that rest. I think Grafal is going to bring us a a very interested, to use the antithesis of yours, a very interested group of players. I, I, I think certainly much more so than last year, at the very, very least, and maybe at a very high level. Yeah, got to hope for that. I think I think uh, next week we probably won't do a show just because of your rehearsal schedule and my grandkids' schedule, and which will mean the next time we're up will be just before the start of the season when we will have to make predictions. Correct. Correct. And we will know a lot more at that point. We will have, yeah. we will have gone through the world baseball classic. We will have, uh, we will have seen the major league pitchers almost exclusively playing in spring training. Uh, we're going to know a lot more right now. So yes, while I have predicted that the Royals will win 140 games, I think and honestly, if the Royals are twenty and two when we do this next podcast or something, I'm gonna just solidify that bet. But <laughs> but I have a feeling 
I have a feeling that the next time we are on here, it's going to be more of a 16 and 11 looking Royal Spring training as things come back to earth a little bit. Uh, that is about all the time we have for today. Did you have anything else you want to sneak in before we sign off here? No, I just, uh, it's fun. Had to have all this baseball going on, both the, the spring training and uh, the, uh, and the World Baseball Classic. I remember the word now. So got <laughs> classic out there. Uh, but a bit, I, yeah, I, I think the United States will make it into the uh, quarterfinal round at, at the uh, the round after the round robin is over. But a lot of interesting teams out there. Some teams playing well who you would never ever expect. Uh, yep. And and of course the Brits. I you know we beat the Brits yeah two hundred some years ago. But it's it's nice to have that revolutionary war all over again. Yeah. We beat them so bad, but based on how much I read about uh, Harry and Meghan, it seems like we're still very interested in Britain. And I was kind of hoping this world baseball classic would be like, look guys, we're just, we're better. Let's get over this. (laughs) We're we're better. We won that 200 years ago. Let's, let's uh, 250 years ago. Um, yeah, I uh, there's a lot of a lot of great baseball going on. I'm I'm just gonna say one more thing, which is I'm looking outside my window downtown, and you mentioned that Major League Baseball starts in a couple weeks, but there's this, yeah, I just I, was just I, I don't know is things it, come is falling it down ash? on our air conditioner. <laughs> is it ash? Is there a volcano? I don't know what this substance is that's coming down from the sky. We don't have it in LA, although we, apparently we, we do we, now. We were not supposed uh, to have wintry mix today, but we sure got it. <laughs> well, that is not a mix. That is just wintry. Uh, <laughs> that is that is just full wintry. So in two weeks, let us pray that it will be a little bit warmer and less wintry. Uh, but until then, sit inside. <laughs> Watch some baseball on TV. Enjoy the World Baseball Classic. Enjoy the White Sox. As we said last week, and I'll say it again, baseball is back, and it is awesome. We will see you next time on Sharing Socks.